Ma. Winning lottery numbers coming up. I'm gonna switch it up for y'all a little bit. You know why? It's hurricane season. The new Miami. The new Miami. The new Miami. Surge, surge. The new Miami. The new Miami. The new Miami. Surge, surge. Kane's cartel coming through. Tell me what these other teams gonna do. Orange or green. Welcome back to the Wide Right Podcast. It's Super Bowl week here in Miami, which means people are going to be spending a lot of money to get trashed and have a good time before the game. There might not be a better person to talk to about all that than our friend, Mr. Nightlife himself, Kelvin Harris. Three-time national champion, football player at Miami, and a man with plenty of experience partying at Super Bowls. We're going to get some uh, good dirt from him. We may not get names, but I know we're going to get some good dirt. You got something to say, Kelvin? I know I cut you off there. Yeah, the Miami Super Bowls are always the best. Yeah. <laughs> of course, joining us is my producer, Mike Zimmerman, a diehard University of Miami football fan who will try to keep us focused on talking actual football as well. Gentlemen, thanks for joining me this week again on the podcast. Mike, uh, since you direct us here, before we get into all the scandalous stuff, including Edger and James' stripper bowl contest Monday night, uh, do you have any football questions, or do we get right into the party? Because I heard this really boring story yesterday about how the San Francisco 49ers had to pay out of their own pocket to upgrade the uh, football field at UM where they were practicing. I also know we have this whole wide receiver coach job uh, still unfulfilled, some you know 2021 recruiting news. But it all sounds, sounds kind of boring to me, Mike Zimmerman. What say you? Yeah, so I, I think we get into the Super Bowl stuff now, kind of the whole nightlife of Miami and all that. And then towards the end of the episode, we'll get into maybe some uh, some fan and listener questions. All right, that fair enough. Sounds good to you, uh, Kelvin. We just get right into the, uh, to the strippers and, and the sex and everything else that makes the Super Bowl what it is. Yeah, sure. All right. So my first question to you, Kelvin, uh, and, and it's funny, I had a long conversation with Luther Campbell about this yesterday because he is Mr. Party Miami, right? I mean, when you think of partying in Miami, it's, it's Uncle Luke, um, who, whose connection to Miami is, is very, very deep. Um, the Super Bowl uh, in South Florida, how many Super Bowls have you attended here and what are the parties like when you, when you Mr. Nightlife, are behind the scenes with other athletes? Well, I... Um... I've been involved in um, advertising and promoting uh, events for a long time, like 20, over 20 years. And um, I've probably been in the Super Bowl city ooh, since 1992, which was my rookie year. That's what, 28 years ago? Hmm. Probably 20, 22 times. Wow. Yeah, and I've been to the Super Bowl a couple of times. Uh, I honestly don't know if I'd ever want to go again unless I was either on the sidelines or in a suite because, you know, it's a bucket list item, but it ain't the greatest thing <laughs> that you ever want to, um, you know, that actual, when you're there at the game, it's not, it's not me personally. I just didn't, you know, it was it was great being there live watching and watching the game, but um, it, it, it's, it, to me, it's more fun watching it at home or with, you know, a group of people. Yeah, you, you, you definitely, I mean, to me, and I've covered a couple of Super Bowls down here. I'm not going this year, uh, but I, I've been to uh, three previous ones here in South Florida. Um, the experience from a, from a person who's working the Super Bowl and not sort of going there to have fun 
is it's a lot of work. It's a lot of craziness. There's a whole lot of security. Uh, there's a lot of hassles. And so when you can stay at home to watch the game, it's probably a lot better, uh, your experience. And, and so I know everybody's like, man, what are you talking about? I'd rather be there in person. But to me, really, what Super Bowl week is about is the parties. And, you know, down here, and I'm one, one of my stories that I'm writing here this week for The Athletic is about the party scene. And, uh, you know, there's a number of big parties. Shaq is throwing a party Friday night. Uh, Rob Gronkowski has a party. Uncle Luke has his own party in North Miami. Uh, the grown folks party that he calls it. Um, Luke has shared some good party stories with me, including, uh, although I don't know what city it took place in because I'm not sure he remembers. He thought the Super Bowl was in Washington, D.C. one time. Um, he actually said to me uh, that him and uh, Jermaine Dupree and a bunch of other uh, music artists were basically swinging off of chandeliers inside this nightclub till about 6 o'clock in the morning. And yeah, that's, that's yeah. So, what's what are some of the best wildest tales that uh, Kelvin Harris can share with us as far as Super Bowl parties? Well, one of them actually, I remember the San Diego Super Bowl the year Sapnum uh, beat the Raiders. I remember, uh, you know, Mark Caesar was real close with Luke when he was in college. He actually worked with Luke. Actually, got arrested with Luke in New Orleans, and so. Me and Caesar were there in San Diego with Sap and, you know, the rest of the crew. Uh, was, uh, was it me, Sap? Or was it me, me, Caesar? A couple guys you don't know. There uh, were Sap friends from high school. It was about, like, six or eight of us, and we had rooms. And I don't know, some of the kind of way we ended up with Luke. And, you know, it's fuzzy. I remember it was a bunch of, bunch of chicks, a lot of liquor. And Luke had some golf clubs. <laughs> I think he was trying to hit golf balls out the window. It's crazy shit, you know. Just it was Luke. But um, yeah, I mean, I'm going back over the years. It's been some. Well, you know, I think the one that one of the ones that really stands out to me is the '98 Super Bowl here in Miami. That one, um, there was a lot of wild stuff going on. I think um, there was this one thing. Um, guys had a hotel. Uh, I stayed about three three different places that Super Bowl. I was just all over the place. But I remember this particular night, it was about like maybe 15 players. Because I was what's the name? I was still playing the Arena League. Canadian. Yes, the Arena League. Yeah. So it was me and Several other guys who were all NFL players and like 15, 16 chicks in this room. And it was funny because it's like if you ever play pickup basketball, you know, you play the game of 21 and like after the game is over, you know, you pick teams. Mm -hmm. So <laughs> it's like the lead guy who were named Nameless goes, hey, hey, you. So he picks a girl and then the girl, the other girl, uh, one of the girls from the other side decides, well, I got him. And so it just went back and forth. I got him. I got her. <laughs> so we, we I'm all, guessing it wasn't one-on-one -on -one basketball that you guys were playing. Well, it was one-on-one, -on -one, but yeah. <laughs> and so somebody throws some counters in the middle of the room. And well, and it turns out this was the room I was staying in, right? So like 
I wake up the next morning and I'm like, oh, hell no, I'm not going to be here when the maid gets here because there was just panties, condoms. It was a debauchery. So I just picked my stuff up and I bailed out. <laughs> I was like, I went and stayed with my homeboy, Lil Haiti, for that day. <laughs> but yeah, it was a lot of parties that, I mean, matter of fact, I remember that last time I actually saw Coach Ogeron in public, in person, was that Super Bowl because um, he was sitting outside um, one of those uh, restaurants on Ocean Drive, drunken and all outdoors. Hmm. And he, bear hugs me and it's like oh yo I forget where it was at but you know that's usually how the Super Bowl is you run into people and then it turns into a party um, a lot of times with women <laughs> multiple women um, I had one matter of fact it's the same damn Super Bowl um, the same guy I was with we go to the strip club and um we leave in a limo, and I end up with this girl, and um, we do our little business. Have a hell of a night. So she goes her way, I go my way. And so Monday after the Super Bowl, my friend who I was staying with, little Haiti, um, we go to the strange same strip club that we picked her up at. And, um, you know, I was like, so I turn, her, I turn him on to her. I say, hey, go get some lap dances from her. Cause she was really good at what she did. And I'm thinking he's just gonna get a couple left dances and we'll be out of there. So she makes a mistake and sticks her tongue in his ear. And I had to literally physically, I mean, he was like, no, she really wants me. No, I mean, she, she stuck her tongue in my ear. I mean, he was not gonna go home until he got with her, but it was business and he just couldn't, understand why I was like dog this is what you do for a living <laughs> I mean he was he was obsessed matter of fact her name was Lotto that was her stage name mm. she was very talented but there's been some uh, some great parties um, LA was great oh I remember Phoenix I'm leaving the club and Leon and this is after they lose the Super Bowl Leon Cersei comes up in a limo and like 10 chicks get out and he gets out and the club is closing and he's coming in with 10 <laughs> chicks at like 3.30 in the morning in Phoenix because you know of all the places to have a Super Bowl Phoenix is probably the most uh, snu sn uh, snobbish place because you know they're real strict on the DUIs, and as one of my f former teammates and good friends found out a few Super Bowls ago, they will clamp down on the prostitution. Mm -hmm. But, oh, wait, another Luke story. Same Super Bowl in Phoenix. So Luke does a concert. Um, this guy named Ernest Dye, who played for the Cardinals, put the concert on. So Luke is on stage. And he calls up, he's, you know, he's got his dancers, and he says, he, he reached out to the audience and he asked the girls, hey, which one of you girls want to, you know, have a guy go down on you? So the girl, or 
didn't say it, guys. It's who wants to have somebody go down on you on stage? And the girls, you know, they're raising it. So they pick a girl, and the girl comes up, and uh, they blindfold her. And so the music is playing, and so a couple guys are feeling on her, and she's feeling good. And then they tie her down, and a girl comes out and does the stuff, and they take the blindfold off. Now, mind you, this is in a club. In the in, in front of hundreds of people. Thousands. There's about 50 or 2,000 people. And everybody's in shock. And it went down. I mean, they held the girl down. And the girl did a business. And the girl gets up just laughing. And everybody's mouth was wide open. This is what it's like to, to party with the Hurricanes and Uncle Luke right there. That story. Luke, uh, <laughs> yeah. It all comes down to this, Super Bowl 54. Who's going to be hoisting the trophy and spraying champagne when it's all said and done? I think it's going to be the San Francisco 49ers. Their season will end on a winning note. Yours can too. This is your last chance to play fantasy football till next season with DraftKings, the official daily fantasy partner of the NFL. Draft your single-game showdown lineup and feel the sweat like never before. It's simple. Just draft six players from Super Bowl 54. Stay under the salary cap and see how your team stacks up against the competition. Plus, new users who sign up today on DraftKings using code RUN, that's R-U-N, will receive a free shot at the $1 million top prize. Nothing adds to the sweat of watching the game, quite like having a free shot at a million-dollar payday. Get in on Super Bowl 54 action, download the DraftKings app now, and enter code RUN during sign-up. For limited time, all new users will get a free shot at $1 million with your first deposit. That's code RUN and get a free shot at $1 million with your first deposit. Only at DraftKings. Minimum $5 deposit required. Eligibility restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com for details. Mike Zimmerman, your, your, your thoughts on this, knowing the uh, Miami Hurricanes culture, you shocked or is this kind of pretty much what you expected? Uh, not shocked. Uh, I just think that I need to get down to Miami now. <laughs> he says he needs to get down to Miami. Um, I, That's right. He's up in He's up in Jersey. Hey, yeah. Hey, Atlanta Super Bowl. Now, I'll tell you, this is not like a necessarily party, but this is an interesting story. So, we're in Atlanta. What's that? This is the Ray Lewis Super Bowl. So back then they had this lineman challenge thing that they did for TV where the linemen, they lift, they do all these little deals. So when we come in, we fly in, and once again, it's me and Mark Caesar and the crew. And actually, Trick Daddy's with us this time. So we roll up to the, to the lineman challenge. They tape it. And I think Jonathan Ogden might have won the biggest human being i ever seen. So we're having a good time. So we get back in the limo, and uh, so I said, yo, we, um, we're going to go to um, Magic City. So we're just hanging out in Magic City. It's like, it's me, Sal, Caesar, this guy named Santana Melvin, who was with Slip and Slide, Trick, uh, some chicks. Actually, one chick was paying for, like, all our drinks. It was funny. So then Sal gets this call, and he's like, hey, yo, we got to leave. So we get in the limo, and we pull to the spinless parking lot. And so Seth gets out, and he goes and he talks to somebody in another limo. So then he gets back in the limo, and he's like, you know, he's like, wow. So then the dude gets in the limo, 
It says, yo, you guys gonna come to the party, right? And so Sal said, well, yo, we ain't dressed. And the dude says, uh, he gives Sal a look. and says, you with me. <laughs> just, just follow my limo. Gets out, closes the door, and um, we, we follow him. We get to the place, walk us right in. That guy happened to be Michael Jordan. Wow. And, yeah. <laughs> and wait a minute, it's at Magic Johnson's party. So we get to the party and there's a gang of ball players outside. A lot of people outside. And we literally just walked by everybody. And I remember I um I had went to the bathroom, so everybody else was in VIP already. And so Ryan McNeil is standing around <laughs> outside and he sees me and he says Man, look at you, man. Cause you know Ryan, Ryan's a straight nice dude. He's you know the dress up guy. He's a business guy. You know, I'm just a warm up pants. I mean, I literally had just got off the plane, went to this thing, we went to the strip club. We ain't got a chance to change. But Mike Jordan said we ain't gonna change. We going with him. So of course we going with Mike Jordan. So Ryan's like, man, look at you. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, you ain't even dressed up for the party. I said, no, no, no. Look at you. I'm going to VIP. You're standing out here. <laughs> so there was a girl by him, and she heard the whole thing. And so she follows me up there. Okay, can I go in with you? And so, you know, I tapped the dude, and I brought her in with me. And, you know, she hung out the rest of the night. And uh, I remember watching Michael Jordan pick up this chick. And he didn't say a word. He didn't buy a drink. He bought her like a soda. <laughs> she stayed there and waited until the end of the night and she left with him and I was like he didn't even say a word to her she just stayed there and waited <laughs> and at the end of the night when they cleared the club out she was still sitting there waiting and then finally he gave her that look and she left and I was like I, I was impressed at her diligence her her, her stick to itiveness <laughs> to want to leave with Michael Jordan but that's how it usually is it's like um Chicks is trying to get into VIPs. They're trying to leave with, um, with um, you know, the top players. I mean, it's um, it's a meat market. Yeah. Matter of fact, when I was at UM, we had a Super Bowl, and, and ironically, the 49ers used our practice facility there. And I remember that week, all the girls who we all were talking to told us, hey, this ain't y'all week. We going, you know, they basically let us know they they were going big game hunting, and, you know. I mean, what could I say? I was a red, I think I was a red shirt freshman. Then. So you know, the little chicks we was messing with, they was like, "Look, I'm trying to bag, I'm trying to bag me somebody big." So you know, you just you need to understand that if you know I ain't hollering at you this week, it just ain't your week. And, wow. You know, <laughs> I mean, we didn't take it personal, but <laughs> yeah. Now. Now Luther Campbell, in, in my conversation with him, said that uh, he bas his advice basically was like, if you're not coming down here with uh, with ten grand, uh, you you might as well not come, at least to Miami. Uh, does that sound conservative to you? Does that sound uh, accurate? What what would you say in terms that, of the money that's spent? That's in the range. That's in the range. It all depends. Uh, if you're going to the game, you're going to need about twenty to thirty. Minimum. Well, he meant just but, for the parties. He didn't mean for the oh, game. Oh, yeah, yeah. Well, okay, for instance, um, low ball parties are between 100 to 300. 
and like the big big high-end parties are 1000 2500 so let's just say you get here on Friday and say you want to, you know, you say, well, I want to go to, you know, you know Sports Illustrated and Maxim, uh, Leather and Laces party. So you pick one of them out each night. If you're doing it low ball, it's a grand. So that's three grand off the rip. But if you're doing it big time, it's 7500 per night. And that's if it's just you you're paying for. So if you got a chick with you, so you're looking at, two to five grand a night so you're anywhere from six to fifteen grand just in getting in the club or the, or the party now uh sports illustrated maxim ea sports all those parties they usually have food and drink so you ain't got to pay for no food or drink but you know it's gonna cost you a bit to get in so you know you figure your flight that's probably you know 25 to 700 and then rooms um Five hundred to a thousand a night, so you're looking at fifteen hundred, two grand. So we're at what eight to eight to ten grand right there. Mm-hmm. And you ain't got no Uber yet. You ain't went shopping. You ain't went to a you know a bar during the day. So ten grand is low ball. I would say, yeah, ten to fifteen. Right off the bat, you you got that yeah. kind of money, Mike Zimmerman? Can you uh, fly down here with ten grand in your pocket? Uh, I don't have that now, but if the athletic wants to give me a little pay raise, I'd be more than happy to take that and, and head down there. Yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, all of us. I'd love to to just you know, if the athletic can just bankroll us. We could go and party and, and give them some really good stories, or we could just. I'm disappointed in the, in the athletic because you would think that they would have gotten you, uh, you guys a um, a thing to you know EA Sports party, uh, the Maxim party. Uh, or even to the uh, to the club district, to the party district they got down at uh, Bayfront Park. You know, they, you know, they can afford it. I mean, they got all that money, that, that investor money. They could have, you know. <laughs> they could have done something right for us. Yeah, I mean, could you imagine a story if you got VIP access, and, you know, a Post Malone or, you know, the Drake, you know. Yeah. Rick, Rick Ross. We'd sell a few subscriptions with that, that's for sure. <laughs> by the way um speaking of of big money so i, I look on instagram and i, I see edge uh has, is sitting basically on a million dollars worth of uh, of singles and he's throwing uh the second annual stripper bowl contest essentially and he's got these singles for everybody who's coming to uh watch the contest take place um i first of all i didn't even know edge owned a strip club um, well, what do you know about all that? And, and, and are you coming to the stripper bowl? Are you going to be here for it on Monday night? No, I'm not going to the stripper bowl. I've, uh, <laughs> I've put in quite a bit of time between Magic City, King of Diamonds, Rolex, various strip clubs in Houston and L.A., Detroit, D.C., Atlanta, that I've, uh, I've pretty pretty much retired although once uh once a quarter a trip to tootsies is not bad because you know they got the crab fried rice this is off the chain plus plus the uh massages in the vip area but uh no actually aj has owned uh the one which used to be take one he bought it it's on um this game in uh 79th i believe and uh he's had this for over a a year or two and uh, it's been doing pretty good 
he had some other nightlife uh, venues, uh, Atlanta, uh, in Orlando. He, he's a pretty smart businessman. He was pretty frugal. You know, he didn't really spend his money when he was playing, and he's had some good investments. But uh, this is one of his, um, I guess, his pet, his pet projects is the one. And um, I think he did the stripper bowl last year because, uh, you know, he had property in Atlanta. And I wouldn't be surprised if he doesn't do it in Tampa because he, you know, he lives in Orlando. He has a house in Orlando as well. But, uh, yeah, this is going to be interesting because, you know, Monday is sort of like a lull in the action. It's, you know, the post game. There's still quite a few people that will still be in town. And, you know, a lot of people just, you know, laying over because they it's just going to be, it's going to be traffic jam trying to get out on Monday. So why not wait a day or two? And this is like a, like dessert. This is like, uh, you know, some icing on the cake. You've had a great, great meal all weekend. And hey, here's a chance to get some ones and, you know, toss it up with some nice looking young ladies who are scantily clad. It. <laughs> By the way, I love the fact that you look at Edge's post uh, on Instagram and then I start sitting through, you got Mike Pinckney, He's he's making commentary. Clinton Portis, Ed Reed, DJ Williams, and then our and then uh, Jonathan Campbell, your uh, your your potential uh, starting offensive lineman from from this year's team. Uh, Roe Marley. I mean, there's a lot of Canes obviously that are gonna come out and probably support Edge at this event. Well, you know what? It's the off season, man. I can't get mad at Young John for wanting to see some naked women. <laughs> I mean, we we had a chick back in the day at Rolex. Coleman Bell would damn near put her, you know, I don't know if she went to college, but he gave her enough money to put it through him and quite a few others. We used to call her the horse. She was the original chick that could make her ass clap. She was, you know, 5'11". <laughs> and you could hear her ass clap over the music. I mean, it was impressive. She was a, she was a true athlete. What do you and, think? What do you think the world would have been like had had people had camera phones back in the late eighties and ninety, early nineties, when you guys were at the height of? I don't think our our dynasty would have uh, would have uh, come to fruition because none of us would have been in school. <laughs> you would have been kicked out. <laughs> a lot of foolishness going on. A lot of foolishness going on. Uh, I remember. Luke shot a video and invited all of us over to the house to be in the video. And he, like, he got, he, he, he ordered all his food for us and he had all these girls at the pool and I think he got them, like, cookies, some chips. And, of course, they, uh, a, a waiver. They had to sign a waiver, mm-hmm. you know, for the video. But, you know, stuff like that. I mean, then he realized he couldn't put us in the video because it was illegal. You know, it was against NCAA rules violations so we had to go back and edit the video but uh, yeah there was a lot of foolishness going on you know I, I was telling you about the Super Bowl when um, when the girls told us that it wasn't our week actually the greatest event party I think I've been to in college I'll say in college because I don't know well, one that sticks out was an all-star weekend party 
because you know Miami was it 88 89 89 I think they hosted the NBA All-Star game yeah yeah so Melvin Bratton and Lonzo throw a party at the Eden Rock Hotel Alonzo Highsmith. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And uh, and I think Luke was in there on too. It's like, yeah, those those three guys. Man, this was, wow. So, at the time I had a girlfriend who was like 30. I was 20. And so, she came to the party because her best friend was um, dating a dolphin. Mm. And um, they went together. So, me and her were you know, we were on the odds with each other. We were having a disagreement. We were actually arguing in a party. And I think it was Cordy's bit. It was like kind of peeping it from the side, right? So she walks off from me. And he like rolls right up on her like, yo. And so she tells him, no, you know, that's still my boyfriend. You know, I'm, I'm, I'm leaving with him. And, you know, I'm feeling good about myself because, you know, that's that thing that, you know, Mike was saying in the documentary about we was dating the Dolphins chicks. This was um, this was a prime example of I wasn't even starting then. And my girl chose me over the pro. But the story is this was, this was, a, I mean, this was one of those parties where the chicks told you, hey, look, this ain't your week, but it was even deeper. This one, if you weren't all pro or an NBA All Star, they weren't looking at nobody. And there was like two thousand people in this party, so it's like nothing but pro bowlers, NBA, and Michael Jordan shows up to the party. I mean, every woman left the dude that they were with to get to the door to get at Michael. Never made it. He never made it in the door. It was a log jam, and he ends up turning around and leaving because <laughs> he couldn't get in the door. <laughs> and I mean, it wasn't like there were some scrubs in there. I'm talking about top of the line dudes, and they were like, "Oh, wait a minute, I'll be right back." <laughs> but yeah, and, you know, Mel and Mel and Lonzo threw some great. The first, the first day I was at UM in '87. <laughs> They threw a party at the Eden Rock where they brought in all of the Playboy All-Americans, preseason All-Americans, for a weekend. And they had a party at the Eden Rock. And I remember me and my roommate, Anthony Hamlet, we go to the party that night. We'll get back to the room till like 4.30. I remember we're like, yo, these motherfuckers is doing it. I'm like, wow. Like, how's they doing this? They college students. I mean, they was doing it. I mean, whew. memories, some good memories, man. Uh, I wonder how the current current hurricanes party. I'm sure it's probably not nearly at the same uh, same scope. They're, they're, you know what? These kids aren't. They not go out type. You know, they their partying is different. And, you know, they were talking about the party culture. Their party is different. They don't really go out. There's not that many of the guys on the team that go out to live. I mean, I know a lot of the sub promoters on South Beach. And um, there's one particular kid, G. That's his, that's his name is Greg, but I call him G. That's what everybody calls him. And he went to Florida, and um, he's the concierge for a lot of the current 
NFL guys and some NBA guys, and actually he's got some uh, European soccer players. And so he got into doing real estate and, you know, uh, helping them with the cars and whatnot. And, but he's a huge high school, Dade County high school football fan, really high school football, period. And we'd be outside the club, and he'd be showing me clips of guys. And I think his mom lives, like, around behind Central. So he used to always, you know, watch Central play practice and you know but he would tell me like you know he'd always be talking about yo this guy here and this guy there and so like you know he even mentioned this just a couple of years ago he's like yo these dudes they don't really go out like they like y'all used to he says you know he, he would give me examples of guys but these guys they go to more like college parties you know because from what i understand there's some um there's some pretty good college parties going on now at ul mm-hmm. it's a good culture and um they're just not I guess with video games now it's a little different yeah they don't really you know we lived a whole different life yeah you guys were the rock stars there's no doubt by the way this is the first Super Bowl in 13 years that there is no Miami Hurricane playing in the game Uh, Jake told me that I can't believe that that's crazy yeah Jimmy Graham obviously was the last one standing and, and he got eliminated in the NFC Championship game uh, with the Packers, so no hurricane for the first time in 13 years. But I mean, you look at the hurricane history. There's so many guys who have, you know, played in the game and and done well. Devin Hester, I guess, is the one that kind of you know the touchdown return here uh, in the Bears Super Bowl against the Colts. That one stands out to me as one of the bigger memories. Reggie Wayne, I know, caught a touchdown. Um, what stands out in your mind of former Hurricanes actually playing in the game? And then I want to get to another question before we wrap this thing up. Um, well, I gotta go back to um, 2002, being at Jack Murphy Stadium, watching the Bucks just shellac the Raiders. Mm-hmm. And you know, I think we were talking about this the other day in light of uh, the Kobe. Um, Tragedy. Ironically, um, Sal was uh, Jimmy Kimmel's first guest, if I'm not mistaken. So, after the game, they have a helicopter that's waiting to take him to the show. And it was, at the time, it was, who was it? It was me, him, and Caesar, and Robert Bailey, I think. And I was like, no, I'm not getting on that helicopter. (laughs) Seas was every bit of 360. You know, Sat was still about 305, 310, maybe. You know, baby small, but I was like, no, that's a little too much weight. I'm just going to sit out. But, you know, the performance that went down and then, you know, just remembering, you know, that, that Super Bowl, being there in the stadium, that one sticks out. Um, and then, of course, uh, 2000 with Ray mm-hmm. in New York, or in Tampa, excuse me, because I was, you know, I remember I drove from Houston to Tampa for that Super Bowl. And, you know, that one. And which was ironic because Ray was uh, on, Ray and Dwayne Starks and Bailey were on that team. And uh, Michael Barrow and Jesse Armstead were on the Giants. Yep. And as a matter of fact, I think Kenny Holmes was 
Kenny Holmes was playing for the Tennessee, I think, too. No, not yet. He wasn't on that roster. No, he was on the 99 uh, Titans team the year before. Oh, yeah. So, yeah, but that was interesting because you had, you know, a combination of the time of the best linebackers of the 90s from UM meeting in the Super Bowl. Mm Mm-hmm. Some of the best all time. One one thing I wanted to ask you before we start to wrap this thing up, um, you know, Luke Luke talked about running into players playing in the Super Bowl the night before the game, and how a lot of times he would say, "Don't you have a curfew?" And he said, "Man, I paid somebody to get out." <laughs> um, I know you know a bunch of guys that had to have been partying even the night before the Super Bowl when they were playing in it. Well, I just know a lot of times. They um, they're real tight with the curfew. Um, most organizations, like you look at the Patriots, what happens is they'll give the guys through Wednesday, and then after that, you know, it's business. I remember in San Diego, um, both teams, Raiders and the the Bucks, they had armed security on the floor and cameras, and I remember the Bucks had someone coming around checking curfew at 11 and so you know most teams do that some teams don't you know you, you know depending on the coach but places that know the 49ers I don't know if this I don't know if this um, man this, this this administration of uh, 49ers management will, will be as strict as it was when Jerry Rice was there but Jerry Rice was a uh, you know, he was a leader back then, and uh, it was funny because when Dion came that one year, Dion was a little bit more looser, and he went out. I don't, you know, he didn't go out Friday, Saturday, but he went up. He went out all the way up till Thursday, and uh, usually Wednesday is the cutoff date. But you do have some guys who I don't know how to get away with it because, you know, like I said, most teams have bed check by the coaches and uh, they have people on the floor they have security so if you leave they know but you know like the dude told Luke money talks so I mean you know that guy's probably making 10 15 dollars an hour to watch you and you give him you know a couple grand hey you didn't see me I mean anything is possible but and then the city that they're in has a lot to do with it I mean if you're in Indianapolis, what are you sneaking up to? Right. I mean, Miami is a little bit more tempting. Yeah. Ask our friend Eugene Robinson. Oh, gosh. My... He was a... <laughs> Stanley Wilson. Stanley Wilson. There's been a lot of them. Whenever the Super Bowl is here, it seems to get wild and crazy. Mike Zimmerman, uh, any final questions? I know we sent out a tweet to, to, uh, to listeners to see if they had any questions for us. You got something for us? Uh, so there's just one uh, that, that I thought was interesting. Maybe, you know, just give a quick answer. Uh, it's from at RD Givens. Uh, what will the linebacker depth chart look like? Um, as we know, both Pinckney and Quarterman have graduated. So there are two big holes there. So yeah. I guess who I guess right now, who are the favorites to kind of take over those starting spots? Linebacker depth chart, who's going to start? All right. I, I just did a story, a defensive depth chart story on Monday, so I would encourage them to to read that. But I basically projected 
Uh, Zach McLeod will obviously be one of them. And then I said mm-hmm. Sam Brooks Jr. would be mm-hmm. the other. Although I think Avery Huff is a guy that I've heard a lot of good things about and that he's going to be mm-hmm. up and coming and, and getting ready to to push for playing time and probably replace McLeod in the starting lineup alongside Brooks by the time 2021 rolls around. Your thoughts on that, uh, Kelvin, as far as who you think is going to take over? Okay. Uh, actually, I think Gilbert Frierson is the one that's got to watch out for Huff because, you know, you've heard me talk about Darren Smith uh, a few times. Mm-hmm. and that, That's really who everybody's looking for is what I call a Smitty backer. You know, now it's called a star striker. Avery Huff could be the closest thing to Darren Smith that I've seen. I remember watching him at before his senior at acquaintance when he was playing seven on seven, he was out there playing corner. You know, a linebacker, being able to play press corner. He's got cover skills, so you could put him out there at that striker. He can cover the slot. He hits you know, he hits like a linebacker, and he can rush like a defensive end. I think this kid can be special if uh, he continues to work and, you know, doesn't get in any trouble and stays in, is blessed enough not to have any injuries. I think um, next year, I think at some point you could see him maybe starting with McLeod and Sam Brooks. Yeah, I mean, he could end up passing Frierson for that striker job, there's no doubt. And he's got the athleticism to do it. Um, I would say about the other guys who are all coming back from injury, uh, Jennings, Joyner, who, who came back in the middle of last season but still really wasn't, I think, in the physical shape that he needed to be in. Um, and then uh, who am I missing? There's another linebacker. Steed. Yeah, Wayneman Steed. I mean, all three of those guys, obviously, are they're, they're older, they're more experienced in terms of having at least been on the field before Huff, at least in college. But – you know, I think talent-wise, uh, Huff and Brooks Jr. are the future. And then you got, you know, the two incoming freshmen that are, that are here that are going to be around for the, for the spring. Well, I was, I was going to say, as much as I like Huff, Huff at that striker, the Austin Cave kid is very similar. Yep. Those two kids, um, honestly, I think if they progress, like I think they could we could possibly move Frierson back to safety. Could. I'll provide a little more depth there as well. It'll be interesting to see what happens. I think the good news is there's a lot of talent to work with. We just got to kind of see this spring who's ahead of everybody else. You know, these guys, it's been the the Pinckney and, and Quarterman show for four years, so this is going to be an interesting spring from that regard because you, you basically got, you know, a bunch of guys that are hungry to get on the field and prove themselves. So it should be an interesting well, you, spring. Well, you know what's going to help? their development them four defensive ends yep there's not this in the story history of this program from my recollection um, if these guys and if is always a big word if these guys live up to their potential this would be the greatest two deep defensive end uh, roster we've ever had at this school. Wow. We're, we're, we're going into the season with two of the top three sack getters from last year coming back. Nationally, yeah. In Nationally. Russia, so. And then you have the number one overall player from the 2017 class. Yep. 
and then you have a sneaky under the radar werewolf in Jafari Harvey. I mean, not to mention Chance Williams, Cameron Williams, Elijah Roberts, Quentin Williams. We're just stacked with werewolves at the defensive end position. And what I'm saying is going to give them time because you you can't double Greg Russo next year. You if you if you are able to do that, that means you have seven man protections because if you leave Quincy Roche by himself, he's going to wreck your your passing game. So now you have to pick a poison. So I think what those two guys do is they. They make it easier for the linebackers to get better. And if you're Jonathan Ford, uh, Jordan Miller, and uh, Nesta Silvera, one of y'all better have seven sacks because you're going to have nothing but one-on-ones next year. And if you're DJ Ivy and Al Blades, you get up and play press coverage and jam motherfuckers at the line because the ball, they're not going to be able to hold on to the ball for four seconds. Nope. It's going to have to be out of there in two. So this makes our whole defense better. Should be very exciting, man. I'm looking forward to it. All right, Kelvin, uh, let's wrap it up. Uh, Mike Zimmerman, thank you both for uh, coming on and, and recording this podcast. Uh, Mike, any final thoughts? No, I, th- I think we touched on everything and, and convincing everybody to get, to get down to Miami at some point. <laughs> to get to a party. All right, man. Well, I appreciate it. Wait, wait, wait a minute. We got to get Super Bowl predictions. Oh, yeah. You want Super Bowl predictions? Mike, you go first. What do you got? All right. I got Chiefs winning 37 to 24. Chiefs. All right. By 13, what do you got? I got 49ers. By what? What do you got? What's the score? Probably by a touchdown. 49ers by a touchdown. I got the 49ers by a field goal in overtime. Wow. Yeah, it's going to be a great Super Bowl, I think. All right, guys, thanks for uh, coming on the Wide Right Podcast. We'll be back next week, uh, hopefully, with some uh, some news regarding the wide receiver coach and maybe the chief of staff and, well, signing day, right? We got signing day next week. So we'll have... I'm hearing rumors that Michael Irvin is going to take the job. You're hearing that? Yeah. Thanks for thanks for creating some controversy here as we say goodbye. Sources, sources <laughs> say Michael Irvin is the leading candidate. <laughs> Kelvin's not telling the truth. See you guys later. Dinner is on me. DJ Dallas with the shakes. Better press on them brakes. Osborne on that fade. Cut through the defense like a blade.